welcome back to Reclaiming Our Time, where we take our power back over our heels. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Dr. Toro. Okay, so what's up, girl? I know you just had a impossible breakfast sandwich <laughs> that you were just talking about, going with, like, you know, the veg diet or whatever. And I was like, nah, but <laughs> what else has been up? Nothing, just work. And being I'm super just, busy. Um, yeah. <laughs> School or uh, rec activities, soccer, softball, basketball, mm-hmm. but it's fun but busy. Yeah, and like running around like everywhere. Um, <laughs> and that Impossible Burger was good, girl. I mean. Well, not burger, but sound. It is actually good. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what about like working out? Remember, we were talking last episode about, like, you know, accountability, working mm-hmm. out more. But you've been super busy, so yeah. if you, you know. I fell off. I was good for a solid two weeks. That's good. And then I just fell off. That's good, though. <laughs> and I need to get back on. I knew I fell off because when I went to practice softball, um, or practice uh, throwing, I was sore for two days. <laughs> I, said, I said, I didn't do that much to be sore. But that's how I be doing. I feel like that's, because um, ever since I like stopped playing uh, flag football or whatever, then like when I go out there to like um, watch or either like I might like participate or something like that, I'll be like, dang, I'm sore because I don't really do it as much anymore. But um I've been trying to be a little better. I worked out this morning. Uh-oh. So, you know, after like 12,000 weeks. So I'm just playing. <laughs> like, I've been trying to be better. So I worked out this morning, and I'm trying to get on a better schedule, working out every few days. But, you know, it don't always happen because, you know, life be lifing. All right, y'all. So, yeah, we're constant work in progress. You know, just as much as you can uh eat healthy work out but i mean you know ain't nobody perfect so we all on this journey together but you know just keep going all right so now it's time to move right into the black moment this episode's moment is barbie has created a doll for legendary singer tina turner so the queen of rock and roll um, has been honored for her legendary music career and Mattel wanted to, you know, join in on it. So basically they say the doll was inspired by her Grammy Award winning hit, What's Love Got to Do With It. And it does look good because she has like the hair that we all like know of and like the outfit. So it's a really cute doll. And if you're interested in buying it, it costs about $55 online. And this adds to the other Barbies that they've been doing to honor trailblazing women like Madam C.J. Walker, Rosa Parks. So they got quite a few out there if you want to get one. All right, so this episode, we're talking all about candy. So as you know, I've said in previous episodes, I really do love candy. It's like a love-hate relationship. Like it tastes good, you know, it does all this like for me it makes me happy can even give you a sugar high sometimes but it's like one of the worst things for us because of you know so much sugar because of the ingredients it's just you know and too much of it will have you feeling horrible and tip talks about how much she loves candy and she is not 
um, exaggerating because for as long as I've known her, she truly, truly loves sweets and candy. And I know y'all can't see Tip, but she was the first person I met with a six pack. <laughs> And she has a beautiful smile. All her teeth. I don't even. I don't know how she getting away with eating all this candy. <laughs> Yo, I guess like a good dental plan and <laughs> trying to like work out and all that. But I will say, um, I give myself sort of a benefit of the doubt. They don't take up for like the amount of candy and sweets I eat. But I try to like keep the other part of my diet. I I, I guess that's like what we like to call balance. <laughs> Okay, so yes, we all know that sugar is bad for us. It tastes good, but it's really bad for us. So we're going to talk about, you know, all of that, the health-related things, why it's so bad for us, what's in it that makes it so bad for us, and all of that. So let's start with some of the health problems that can be associated with eating so much candy. Okay, so the candy itself, um, you know, isn't bad, but what it's composed of um, uh, can be harmful if you take it um, in too much excess. So candy, um, as many of us know, um, is composed of sugars and then sugars break down to carbs. And from previous episodes, we've discussed how carbs if you have um, too much in your diet, then that can lead to something called insulin resistance, which can lead to diabetes. Um, and so that's one of the main things we think about when we think about eating too much sugar in our diet, that leading to diabetes, which that can um, occur. The other issue um, with having too much sugar is it can lead to high blood pressure, which I don't think we think about that as much. Um, and it also can lead um, to issues with your heart and, and that you'll have issues with your heart from gaining the weight from having too much sugar. Because as we mentioned before, sugars break down the carbs, excess carbs get stored as fat. And then that leads to um, increased weight. And the place that you don't want your weight is around your abdomen because in those areas, we call that central obesity or central adiposity. The more you have it, the more it's associated with risk of heart disease and heart attack. The other thing um, that too much sugar um, tends to cause are issue, dental issues, which we um, are familiar with that. And I know dentists um, harp on that a lot, but basically all of that sugar can cause tooth decay and having poor dentition or poor dental health is related to a slew of other medical issues. All right, so yeah, I did not know that, or I guess I didn't think about uh, that eating so much candy could cause like you know heart problems or like high blood pressure like you don't think about it you just think about like oh I'm gonna get diabetes or (laughs) oh like if I eat too much of this sugar it's gonna be bad for me and make me gain weight and stuff like that you don't think about like the adverse effects I guess of like all of it so and then yeah just like you said like the dental stuff yeah and you know the thing about diabetes it Diabetes, you know, we think about, um, you know, it affecting sugar 
um, in our body. And I think a lot of times we think about diabetes in isolation, but it truly is a disease of the whole body. Um, and so like when you have diabetes, um, that is a risk factor, a uh, very strong risk factor for heart disease, strong risk factor for kidney disease, strong risk factor for um, eye problems. And so it, you know, it's, it's just a very, um, I would say underrated um, disease, but it affects a lot. All right, so with that, let's get into these ingredients a little bit more. There, like, I'm, I don't know if y'all have ever turned the packaging around <laughs> and read, like actually read what's inside the candy that, you know, we're eating or the sweets, whatever, but looked at what you're eating. And so a lot of times you might see things that you recognize like, oh, okay, like milk or this cream, whatever it is. But then a lot of times you see some stuff that you know is like, what is that? And that can be like, the dyes like the red 40 or like titanium dioxide or like you know cannabis or gelatin or whatever you want to you know whatever you see and you're like what is that and what is it doing to my body so let's get into it are those some of the things that like make us like have bad things happen to us like you know affect our health i'm assuming like negatively yeah so it's hard to say because there are so many um, ingredients that are um, added to these foods and so it's hard to say what exactly is causing what symptoms you know we've heard about the titanium dioxide um, in the news with Skittles and how it's been related um, to cancer um, and then like you know with gelatin is very processed it's actually pork um, and so, you know, vegans don't even, or try to avoid foods that contain that. Um, and then I don't know if you remember when we were younger, like with the dyes, like red 40 and yellow five. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when we were younger, we said that yellow five would make, make your penis small. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, because <laughs> um, when it like with surge, when people yeah, were talking about drinking mm -hmm. surge, but okay. It's, I don't know why we cared about that um, at 12, because I don't think <laughs> right. anybody was really packing um, at that age, but um, so yeah, but there obviously there's enough literature or enough reports that these that we can't say that these chemicals are completely inactive and that they don't do anything. It's just hard to completely unify to say what they cause. Um, I think I mentioned in an earlier episode that for some reason, whenever I eat candy. Mm -hmm. I break out mm -hmm. like literally it's like m within minutes or hours I have this like huge pimple and I'm like and it doesn't matter what kind of candy I'm eating and mm -hmm. so I but if I eat like a cupcake that someone baked or cookies um, that someone made then I don't have that issue and so it has to be these ingredients that we you know we don't even consider that's contributing to it but it's hard to say exactly what's causing what okay so yeah we have heard and we know that a lot of times when you make things yourself or at home it's way better for you than going to buy it out of the store a lot of times or at a restaurant things like that because you actually know 
everything that you're putting into whatever you're making, whether it's some sort of candy or baked good, whatever it is, you know what's in it. Whereas a lot of times when you go to the store or to restaurants and things like that, you don't really necessarily know what's in it. You just know that they're um, putting whatever you know they can to get it to you in order for it to taste good and to you know have a long shelf life and things like that whereas like when you're making it it doesn't have as many like of the bad ingredients or the ingredients we don't really know what they are or you know preservatives dyes all that kind of thing all those kind of things like that it's just basically whatever you're putting in it you know where it comes from exactly Okay, so those ingredients a lot of times, like, they're also, you know, meant to make things taste better or, like, get you addicted to things and preserve things. But as far as, like, the addiction goes, they're meant to, like, make you want the candy more so that way you'll spend more money, you'll buy more of it, and you'll continue to eat it. And there has been some, you know, studies and research that have said that sugar addiction is similar to being addicted to cocaine because of the response, I guess, that it does on your brain. Mm-hmm. Yes, it will. Like when you um, eat sugar or when you do any pleasurable activity, it releases like dopamine, which makes you feel good. And so in that way, it's similar um, to, I guess, using cocaine or using anything that makes you happy. Um, And so then you will want to continue to have that good feeling. So basically it's like, you know, like if you ever have um, been out somewhere and you're eating and or even if you're at home and you're just always like, I got to have some sweet. I feel like that's the response for it because that's how mine is. I feel like after I eat something... Unless I'm like super full, it's like I have to have something sweet. It has to be like candy, like a cake, something. And so I feel like that's what, you know, it means by the addiction part. It's not like, you know, like you're strung out or anything like that, like it would be with a drug or anything. But it's like you just have to have it. And if it's not there, you know. It feels incomplete. (laughs) So like we said earlier, if you want something sweet, it's better to make it yourself. And so that includes like whether it's candy or like baking anything, like cakes, pies, cookies, that sort of thing. Like if you make them yourself, like from scratch, it's way better for you than if you buy it from somewhere else because you just, like I said, know where the ingredients are coming from. So some healthier recommendations to solve, you know, your candy or sweet tooth would be making it yourself or... You know, some people have said um, frozen grapes because I guess grapes are like a very sweet fruit. So people like to freeze them and it makes them think like they're eating candy. (laughs) And sometimes even buying candy, like if you find it, with cleaner ingredients. Because I do know sometimes instead of like all that bad stuff and all the dyes, I have seen candies that will use coloring like that will use beet juice or you know things like that so that you won't have to put you know the harmful dyes in it. The recommendations regarding how much sugar we should take in in our typical diet um, and this is a diet that's like a 2,000 calorie diet you're supposed to take in 10% or less of added sugar so that would be about 200 um, calories from sugar so that's about 
10 teaspoons or less of sugar a day. Um, and as we can guess, um, not many of us um, in this country um, are able to stick to that recommendation. Um, the CDC says that three out of five Americans age two and older exceed the recommendation um, yeah. of how much added sugar they consume. So one of the major ways that we can try to cut out sugar or at least limit it um, would be sweetened beverages. And that's where um, a lot of us um, fall into the trap of excess sugars. So like um, sodas, Powerades, tea, Gatorade, you know, there's this um, thought that Gatorade and Powerade are healthy, but no, they're full of sugar too. Mm -hmm. And then also like, you know, the drinks that we drink in the morning, like coffee, whether it's sugar already added to the drink, and you know, we get like this fancy frappuccino or the sugar and the cream you add afterwards. Those are also additional sources of sugar. So um, even though I know people get tired of hearing this really drinking water <laughs> is smarter because that way you can cut out a lot um, of the sugar added sugars in your diets um, other ways um, that you can um, cut out or eliminate sugar is just basically having more options for fruit like you um, discussed and so the frozen grapes um, you can do even the sweeter type fruits like mango um, and yes that's sugar but it's not the added sugar is not the processed um, sugar. Um, other sources of sugar um, that we don't think about, um, milks, um, they have a lot of added sugar, so for little mm -hmm. kids, um, and that's really important with their um, dental health. So that makes me think of this tweet I saw like a while back. It was somebody saying like, yes, y'all, the scam is true. They tell you to drink water, eat right, and you'll feel better, lose weight. And the person was saying, it is all true. Believe what they say. So yes, drink your water, eat your veggies, fruits, and eat an overall healthy diet, limit the sugar, and yeah, you know, good life. Okay, so moving right along, we're going right into tea time. And for the topic this time, it is about hair straightening chemicals being linked to an increased risk of uterine cancer. So there's new research that is basically saying that, you know, a lot of the hair straightening products, chemicals that a lot of women use, it was already previously linked to certain things like breast and ovarian cancer risk and other health related issues. But new research is linking it to an increased risk of developing uterine cancer. And it gets worse for black women because it says black women are affected more because of the higher use of these types of products. And so basically the researchers found that women who reported frequent use of hair straightening products, which was defined as more than four times a year, it's crazy, right? Four times a year, were more than twice as likely to go on to develop uterine cancer compared to those who did not use the products. And just for like some quick numbers, uterine cancer accounts for about 3% of all new cancer cases, but is most common is the most common cancer of the female reproductive system with more than 65,000 estimated new cases just reported this year. So, you know, that says a lot. And um, it's particularly higher among 
black women. So this was very interesting to me, um, just because as you mentioned, um, uterine cancer, even though you have that statistic of it being just 3%, that's still a um, large amount of women who are affected by it. And then, I mean, with really any cancer, um, you know, it's important to see if there are any risk factors that we do in our life that can be modified to reduce the risk of someone getting that diagnosis. Um, and then, you know, black women in general, they are a marginalized group in the healthcare system. And so I think highlighting their risk factors is important. Um, you know, several years ago, we went, well, how long have you been natural? Man, that's a hard question for me. I always forget. Um, it had to have either been 2014 or 15. But y'all, I do not remember. I want to say it was 2014 because I cut the, I think, the a large amount of the perm out at the beginning of 2016. And by that point, I had been over a year. So yeah, it had to be like 2014. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've been natural I was trying to calculate twenty somewhere between twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen, but really it's been the best decision I made regarding my hair because I feel like it's so much more healthier. Mm -hmm. um, but then it's also nice to know that okay there are also benefits from staying away from perms yeah. um, for us and then also you know for our kids and um, other uh, black women and girls in the world. True. Um, I feel like. What helped me walk towards going natural was because I'm very tender-headed. <laughs> and um, so when I would get perms, it would be the worst. Like, y'all, I would be crying. Like, it would, it always left scabs, of course. Like, even a lot of times when I didn't scratch, like, we would still base my head with, like, the Vaseline or, like, the base. It would be the worst experience. Even rinsing it out with water was awful for me. So I feel like that <laughs> led me into getting a my um going natural or whatever to stop getting uh perms relaxers whichever one you want to call them but that's what i feel like led me into that journey and then yeah it's a struggle don't get me wrong but yeah it's a beautiful journey <laughs> so yes this is not to you know tell or urge someone to go like natural if they don't want to basically the best decision for yourself is whatever agrees with your lifestyle don't get mm -hmm. me wrong like relaxers having relaxed hair was i feel like a way easier process for me because now you know it's a little bit different or whatever <laughs> like um when i'm trying to do my hair it takes a little bit longer it adds time but again you have to decide what is best for you and your health you and your lifestyle you and your family whatever it is but just know the risks associated with one versus the other. Okay, so now we're moving into advice time where we take your listener questions and we have our first one. <laughs> so this listener says, hey y'all, thank you for all the information that's provided on the podcast. My question is, how do you find the right doctor? Are there certain characteristics a person should look for when choosing the right doctor? I'm not that comfortable going to doctors because some have either seemed a little judgmental because of my vegan lifestyle or they try to over-medicate me. So I'm curious if you all have had similar experiences with finding a doctor that you're comfortable with and how you were able to find them. 
Thank you again for all your knowledge, your giving to the world. Y'all are funny. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you um, for that question. So, you know, how do you find the right doctor? Really, the right doctor is going to be the doctor that you can connect with and that you trust. Um, because basically, it's not so much about um, the doctor telling you what to do. We've moved away from this paternalistic model. Um, and it's more so you having an open communication um, with your physician and basically your physician providing you with the most up-to-date um, information that is um, grounded in research and then presenting that to you and you all making informed decisions on your lifestyle. Now, um, so then are there certain characteristics? No, just whatever works best for you. Some people like... Um, physicians who are direct and to the point and some people like physicians who um, are a little bit more subtle but it's really what works best for you um, you know the comment about doctors um, either seeming judgmental or trying to overtly medicate you you know I think we have to keep um, in mind that doctors are humans um, and so you know and as a human we have our own biases and we have to recognize those biases um, and so that just kind of goes back to the thought of or to the um, notion of you choosing the doctor that meshes best with your personality um, and then also you know what their recommendations are whether they're medications or other forms of therapy you have to see if that works um, best for you but it is important to build a relationship of trust so that you don't think they're trying to get one over on you yeah. i agree because i feel like um tour like she's an amazing doctor but <laughs> Because she's, like, caring. She really cares about what she does and the people and how you take it. But, um, thankfully, um, I haven't come across any, like, negative interactions that I can think of off the top of my mind. Like, pretty much, like, I can tell whether I, like, like a doctor or dislike them or anything like that. But, thankfully, I don't think there have been any that I just really dislike. But I have seen some reviews online of certain doctors and that probably is what helps me a lot of times because I tend to like look up reviews for like everything or like people and stuff like that in service and so like maybe you can try that out too to see like how other people may like find them or whatever but make sure you read them because a lot of times some people may just be upset about like if it's a bill or something like that <laughs> like you just want to make sure that you pay attention to like the care like when they're talking about like how they communicate with them and things like that but thank you so much for your question yeah. and if you have if anybody else has any other questions you can also reach out to us at our email address which is reclaiming our time podcast at gmail.com all right so now it's time for the final segment of each episode it's called reclaim our time so this is the part where we choose a Bible verse, a quote, or something, you know, inspirational that's sort of ties in with our health. So for me, I chose a scripture this week, and mine is from Proverbs chapter 25, verses 27 through 28. This is the New Living Translation, in case you're wondering. But it says, it's not good to eat too much honey, and it's not good to seek honors for yourself. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. So basically, you can take this scripture literally and metaphorically. So yes, it's basically saying like, 
don't eat too much sugar or you'll get sick. And, you know, that's when we like binge eat on sweets and then, you know, we feel bad like the next, a few hours later or the next day. But then it also has a deeper meaning, which is saying, you know, don't be too prideful, too boastful because it's not good. It's fine, you know, don't get me wrong. It's fine to celebrate our wins and our accomplishments in life. But, you know, keep it humble at the same time. Don't be too crazy. Don't be out here, you know, thinking that you're better than somebody else just because of what you've done when you know that's not always the case. I really like that one tip that you did because it really um, shows, like, you know, if you have self-control and restraint, that really is a fruit of the spirit. Um, And, you know, one of the things that shows that God is, you know, evident in your life. So I really like that one. Um, Mine was from Deuteronomy 24, and this is for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. And I really like this one because lately I have just been realizing, you know, my own weakness, but not in a bad way, um, but in a way um, in these weaknesses, there are areas for God to show his strength um, and demonstrate his strength. And so really I've been um, just stepping back more and allowing him to fight my battles. Um, And I find myself at more peace with that. So I like that a lot. Thank you all so much for tuning into our episode. As always, all of the advice that we give, um, medical advice is general advice. And so it's not, you know, geared towards any specific listener. And so what you hear, um, if you want to discuss that with your primary care provider or your health care provider, we suggest doing that before implementing any of our recommendations. All right. So thank y'all. Bye. Bye.